No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. This episode of the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast is brought to you by the Fallout Shelter Arcade, Minnesota's only operator of 12 Tesla II cockpits. Located in Minneapolis, you can find them on the web at www.falloutsheltercade.com. Stop by and test your skills against the 331st. Open Saturday and Sunday unless at a convention. Also brought to you by the Sunder Junkies, Sunder 2 Mission Play Server in Mech Warrior 4 Mercs. Hey, Mech Jock, are you training for MWO? Are you looking for something more than that same old team battle all the time? If so, then check out the Sunder 2 Mission Play Server on MechMatch. But hang on tight, big boy. Because you'll be going up against the most experienced pilots around. Give it a try. You won't regret it. Brought to you by the Sunder Junkies and the MechTech MechWarrior 4 Mercs 3.1 free release. Tell them Nano sent you. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast number 26. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host. It's April 25th, 2012, and my shout-out tonight is going to go to Clan Wolf in Exile uh, back in MWLL. Man, what a fun time. What a run. It was great. And uh, you'll see all of us as aces in MWO. Who do you have tonight, Darren? Well, I want to comment on that. Those were awesome times, and uh, I am looking forward to more of the same, and I hope even better with MWO. Um, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. My shout-outs tonight go to my family, uh, my uh, friends in World of Tanks, Rust Bucket Warriors, as well as our international listeners, and tonight, um, Northwind Highlanders for uh, really showing up to our live podcast it was like uh, first robinson rangers last week tonight we're being invaded by the northwind highlanders yeah it's like both of them all right brandon who do you got tonight bud hello i'm brandon also known as catrick hell and tonight my shout outs are going towards my friends and aces who were previously wolf in exile man great times we had Uh, of course our guest tonight is uh, mr grim and of course our live audience all 71 of them (laughs) holy shit so, if you're listening to this later on, you can be a part of this. So, all right, Greg, who do you have tonight? Give a shout out to the fellow Aces members and my guys in NAR. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Ease. This is Michael, uh, aka Mason Grimm, aka Grimm. I'd like to give a shout out to the Great Death Legion. Thanks for making me feel welcome. And I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Paul in your eye. Thanks for teaching me all about computers today on that little speaking spell of yours. Oh. Yes, and Paul is here listening. So, to all of you listeners out there, the troll himself, the god of trolls, he's, he's here. But anyways, we enjoy his presence. He's actually uh, quite fun to listen to and or talk to. So, again, welcome, guys, and uh, here we go. And, of course, I'd like to say thank you to our new listeners, and we hope you come back and listen to all of them So and get caught up. So, here we go into the news section. And now for the news. The No Guts, No Galaxy News. Anything and everything. NGNG. Today's news is brought to you by Armageddon Unlimited. 
Getting the job done since 3002, the Wolf Family Mercenary Units paved the way for mercenary evolution in combat, where constant improvement is par for the course. With an unparalleled command structure, battle-proven tactics, and talented comrades who know how to have fun on and off the battlefield, we have a place for those willing to give more for success. Completing contracts honorably and efficiently, we are Armageddon Unlimited. See www.wolvesau.net forward slash au for more details. If you would like to have your unit sponsored and get a recruitment ad, uh, just go ahead to our website, nogutsnogalaxy.net. Make a donation of any amount. People keep uh, writing me asking how much to donate any amount. And, uh, you know, one of these uh, groups that will be in this podcast actually did a dollar, so it can be done. Uh, Send in your email to me, Bombadil, uh, with what you want your recruitment message to be, and we'll get you in there. Also, a reminder that you can uh, get your unit spot on our TS3 server, uh, the outreach server. It's free TeamSpeak 3, folks, so hop on, get your unit set up. You can talk to Phil, you can talk to Alex, you can talk to myself, and uh, we'll get you all squared away so you have uh, your own place. You know, you you mentioned Northwood Highlanders actually came on earlier, and I started setting them up uh, around 20-plus strong at the time. I think they said a little bit more. Um, It's the first NWH group I've seen, and uh, I believe I was talking to their unit leader, and they're they're thinking about making this their home because everyone's here. You have the privacy. You can pass through protected rooms. It's pretty much your own TS3 server, but the whole community in one area. So uh, definitely check it out, guys, uh, for everyone out there. Yeah, and we love having you here. It's just a cool place to hang out, and if you ever want to, you can just mingle with other people from other units, and it's a good place. All right, moving on to our international listeners. Uh, This week, we did have a little change-up from last week. Coming in at number five again is uh, Finland. They didn't move. Uh, Germany is new on the list at number four. Australia moved up a spot to number three. Canada is still at number two, and Italy is holding strong at number one. Congratulations, Italy. Way to go, German Rosefs. Wunderbar. Community spotlight for tonight. Um, this w- we won't have a lot to talk about here, but it still is pretty cool. Uh, somebody named Corvair Grimm uh, posted on YouTube a really cool video of basically his desk setup for uh, MechWarrior, all things MechWarrior. Uh, did you get a chance to watch this video, Phil? Yeah, actually, when it first I saw it on the forums and I uh, checked it out, he's got his custom own like uh, cockpit area and set up. Now I, I didn't watch it all, but definitely checked it out, and it reminded me of like like almost Tesla pods. The, yeah, it reminded me of the Tesla, uh, Tesla pods basically, but he did it himself. So um, we'll have that on our website uh, after the podcast for our live audience. Yeah, we we will post that. Uh, did somebody post it for the live audience now? I'm doing if, so if right somebody now. could do that. Um, two cool things that stood out to me. One is that he has. Um, in his chair, you know, the, the, the setup where the noise, whether it's, you know, weapons fire or taking damage or walking, the noise vibrates the chair. Um, and you can tell by watching the video, you can really uh, get a sense of uh, how cool that must feel. But also, the, the, I think the best thing, and, and his kind of his uh, homage to um, the guys at uh, Piranha, was that he actually had a hula doll there. Uh, on his, you know, his cockpit desk. And when he was walking and shooting, that uh, hula doll actually shook and did a, did a little dance. So it's pretty realistic. I think that was cool addition to his desk. Most definitely. Give it a watch. We'll have it up there for you guys. Yep. And uh, if you have something that you would like us to feature in your community spotlight, send your submission to bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net. And uh, we'll get you in there. Uh, we love to see what people are doing with MechWarrior, all things MechWarrior, so uh, send them in. Also, if you have, we kind of touched on this last week, if you are going to be scheduling a uh, in-person tabletop event, game, whatever, in your area, and you want uh, more people to come, we would be happy to advertise your event for free in the news section here. So if you're going to have a tabletop game, Send me an email, again, bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net, and I will get the news out there if you're looking for, you know, random people showing up at your house with uh, little miniatures and so forth. <laughs> you used to that. <laughs> Giggity. And uh, finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. 
So uh, if you would like to continue hearing this podcast uh, for years and years, and we plan on being here for years and years, please help us out. Every donation matters. Every donation counts. And it's, uh, you know, really appreciated and, um, you know, goes a long ways. Every dollar we get is uh, going towards all the projects that we have uh, happening right now. Mostly right now it's all going to Shimmering Sword and uh, his art project that we have uh, him doing for us. But also... TeamSpeak 3 server hosting, et cetera, et cetera. And that is... The community is sponsoring us to sponsor a part of the community to give back to the community. It's sort of funny how that works. What comes around goes around. Help us to help you to help us. Exactly. Well, no, we had to end up on helping them. Help us to help you, help us help you. Something like that. Also, speaking of the whole Shimmering Sword project, I just noticed something up on 4chan earlier today that I would, thought I would share here, and it's currently the outline of his Warhammer, and it looks amazing. Yeah, he's uh, been sending us his roughs, and I have to say, yeah, go ahead and post it for the live audience to see, but he's making some amazing progress. He's getting a lot of community input, so he doesn't just do what he wants and say, you know, fuck you all if you don't like it. He really gets a lot of input uh, that, that guides his work, and you know what? I cannot wait for the final product here. I think it's going to be so awesome, so worth the money, so worth the time. So uh, help out if you want to be a part. And uh, that is the news today. And just to, you know, throw out there, mech porn. Oh, totally. Just just throw it out there. All right, guys, we have... Rule 34 (laughs) Atlas. (laughs) (laughs) Today's Book of the Month discussion is brought to you by The Silent Foxes. We're looking for people who are willing to work together act in a civilized manner, and in general, have fun. For more information, check out their website at sites.google.com forward slash site forward slash MWO Silent Foxes Unit. All right, guys, we have Book of the Month discussion now. It's been a whole month for those who did not read. Well, you're about to have some spoilers. Um, the price Spoiler glory, alert. Yeah, Price of Glory. Uh, we're, we're talking about it right now. Um, so first off, to, to give you some background here, uh, it, this is the, the end of far as, as far as the trilogy for Great Death Legion. Uh, there is one, there's a few other novels that have them in it, but specifically this was the little trilogy. And it's, it's an interesting book because it sets the Great Death Legion up basically for failure. Um, and it's a uh, Comstar, uh, it's a Comstar, you know, hand in the background uh manipulating things and basically, yeah basically comstar intercession they intercede yeah. and fuck things up like only they can so pretty much the the gist of it is you have the great Death legion they take a contract um they're almost done with this contract and it's on a particular planet that has like the certain atmosphere anyways when they pull off the planet um the comstar basically has this fake great Death legion blow up um, and kill millions of people, basically, and they get blamed for it. So they're told to go to some planet, and they, you know, Gray doesn't feel right, so they go back to their home planet, which they've been granted, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and basically, it just sort of unfolds, and you don't really, you know what's going on as the reader, um, but obviously they don't, and it's a basically a struggle. And I think what I really take out of this is you get a real sense of how desperate things got. Like, they didn't have, you know, mech bays and repair bays, and by the end of the, the novel, they're fighting, like, the last fight. You, They even say you can see the holes through some of these battle mechs. Some of them don't even have weapons. It's pretty much just tooth and nail, right? I mean... They knew that last charge was going to be it. I mean, uh, when when Grayson went forward, he he knew that he probably wasn't coming back from that one. Yeah, you know, there, there's something about uh, the GDL and, and, and these books. They really feel like a, a mercenary unit. You know, it's not they don't have the setup like uh, Wolf's Dragoons or something like that. You know, they, they, they don't have all these amenities. They, it's really just bare bones. They are guerrilla fighters. They, they suffer. Uh, it's pretty intense, and I like that aspect of the story. So in, in the story basically what's revealed is the whole point of comstar setting this up is the particular world that great death legion was sort of given per se actually houses a lost star league um i would say it's a weapon stash but it's actually a cache not. well 
what they're after, they're not after the, the battle mechs or the weapons or any of that. Right. They're, they're after the knowledge. And what that knowledge is, is basically, I think someone said it in it, knowledge is power almost, especially when it comes to Comstar, or the denial of knowledge. So here you are seeing the seeds basically sown of Comstar manipulating how much knowledge of technology is out there for their own good. And because it's not just for them to go around they, they they already have it they want to deny the the successor states of it and so basically the grayson discovers this and they discover where it's at and this is actually where another resourceful you know thing comes in grayson that he's known for his tactical genius and he pretty much uses the the storehouse and all of its ins and outs as far as inside this mountain and cavernous, you know, to basically hit and run and create havoc. But then it basically, it boils down to them sort of being surrounded and pushed out. And uh, Again, go. some really good uh, combat parts of the, the novel. I mean, that's, Keith is a great novelist in, in a lot of ways, but um, I've always enjoyed his combat scenes. So did you guys have any specific chapter or any specific point in the book that you know, you 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 just really enjoyed, and you, you maybe you felt that just sort of set the tone for the the rest of the novel and or the end of the novel. For me, I would say it would be um, the end of the novel where where Grayson's kind of going on his last charge there, and he looks behind him briefly, and without much hesitation, you know, the the last surviving members of the GDL step forward, and uh, they know it's the big show, it's the last dance, the final showdown, and nobody hesitates. I mean, they just start going forward to kick ass. Yeah, and I think he's he's even, he says, I don't blame any of you if I, you know, uh, don't want to follow. And he, before they even gets an answer, he just starts charging. And, you know, the line starts breaking and they start charging as well. So very, very, very powerful uh, scene if you are uh, use your imagination a little bit. Uh, what about you, uh, Darren? Um, I'd have to say for me, my favorite parts were the uh, urban combat Um that tends to be one of my favorite uh, areas to to fight, both in World of Tanks and the mech games. I like urban warfare, and so those those parts were probably the most exciting to me. All right, uh, Greg and Brandon, did you guys have any? I don't have a particular moment, but just generally, I like the the manipulations of Comstar. I always thought that was, that was a neat subplot until they went in a really weird direction with uh, the Dark Age stuff. You know, so I fucking hated Comstar. They were devious, man, especially in this book. It was like, I fear in a need-to-know basis, oh, and by the way, this is what actually really happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's like my past with organized religion or whatever, but Comstar just, I always am mad when I'm reading that section. But you know, you know just, just to go off on a side tangent here, but I think that's realistic, man. That's politics. That's an organization. You know, that's a government. You know, it's one of those things that... You find out the real truth, you know, you may not really want to know, or you do know the truth, so you get silenced, right? Battletech was always more for me than, than just the mechs pounding across the field. It was the international politics and the cover-ups and the assassinations and the alliances. Like, it was an extremely important dynamic for me in the novels. Yeah, because that's, that's real, right? I mean, we see it, we read it, we feel it. I mean, and uh, I, I think you hit it right on the head. It's, it it allows everyone to i guess not only be one you know you can see yourself in some of these uh characters but you can see realistic characters as well it's not the all fluff and everything's nice and all that but amazing book great ending uh great i mean throughout i think with me the realization uh, of what grayson had to do was probably the, the biggest thing of you know he he basically said you know we have to take care of our own and we have to finish you know um getting everyone to the dropship and, and whatnot. And there was actually another um, sort of twist to it for those who... Duke Ricola? Yeah, yeah. He basically... Ricola. The one guy he hated. Um, the guy that he'd been fighting, but respect. It was one of those that I think he finally realized the... What is it? My enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of situation. Yes. That was so, a, it, a unique twist. Um, what, uh, out of these three novels which which was your favorite Ooh, that's a tough one i think uh mercenary star was actually my favorite i like all three of them i love this series no doubt about it but i think mercenary star stood out to me 
I think Mercenary Star set up the third book very nicely, but I think the third book takes the cake. I, uh, do we have to choose? No, you don't have to. Okay, because all three, I, all all of them. <laughs> it's all yes. the Thunder Rift. Yes. Which one did you like? Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Long live the GDL. And of course, more of the novels, and we'll be covering them when the time comes. But you you get to see the uh, famed GDL and other accolades that they um, claim and or do later on, and the discoveries of which and all that fun stuff. So. That was Book of the Month discussion. Stay tuned. Obviously, if you know um, what book is coming next, go ahead and get ready. But we'll have that up on the website. Just stay tuned, and we'll be talking about that next month. Also, um, there has been a little uh, feedback from um, listeners wanting us to be more in-depth with the uh, Book of the Month. We're not really going to be able to do that as it stands. Um, if, if the Book of the Month is part of the NGNG podcast, we are considering doing a separate podcast for the book of the month but we haven't made any decisions yet um just wanted to let you know that we are listening to your feedback and we will uh try and make a decision soon all right guys mech of the week it's not just filler it's the real deal and now this week's mech of the week Today's Mech of the Week is brought to you by the Northwind Highlanders. Visit www.northwindhighlanders.net for more information. So, a lot of voting was going on. It's funny. As soon as I mentioned something on TS3, we got like five, six more votes. But what it comes to today. I, I love watching the, the voting in action. And, and actually, I had a my even though I posted about a different mech, um, I had a favorite on there that I was hoping would win, and it did. Yeah, I was actually uh, surprised, uh, but today's mech is, drumroll, blackjack. All right, so for mm-hmm. that, that particular person who was wanting it so bad, it finally happened. You got your wish. You got your wish. All right, so let's break down the blackjack. I've actually used this particular battle mech in the tabletop a few times. Um, relatively inexpensive for a medium mech, 45 tons. It's uh, the BJ-1, has two AC-2s and four medium lasers, so it's pretty much fit for mid to long range. Um, it it, it uh, can travel at 64.8 kilometers per hour and it has jump jets, so it's fairly maneuverable. Um, it's pretty slow, though, for a medium. Yeah, but the jump jets let it get around. Yeah, it is pretty slow for a medium. So one of the thing, or one of the main things is it's, what I've seen it used for specifically is for longer range combat using AC2s to sort of plink away. But unfortunately, it sort of suffers from not having a lot of speed. So once someone closes, it really has to rely on its four medium lasers. And I remember the one time uh, specifically I used it, I actually lost the mech because a light got close in and then not to mention it overheated. Um, you know, all you have is four medium lasers, depending on your skill of your pilot. So, a little history on the mech: it was designed by uh, General Motors, so it's good to know that they do have a future after uh, Detroit. Um, it was originally designed to carry flamers, but uh, those were replaced with the AC2s uh, once it was in production. Um, and there was a an Omni mech version later in uh, in or around thirty fifty eight. I'm a much bigger fan of the Omni version than the original variant. Now, when you guys say Omni version, are you guys talking about the BJ2? No, talking about the Blackjack Omni mech. Okay, because yeah, a... in the revised 3050 TRO, the BJ2 is talked about. After the destruction of the General Motors factory on Cathal, during the First Succession War, um, they traded out some things with Starling Technology, and Davian Engineers came up with a bunch of really cool stuff for it. Yeah, the the Omni Mech version is a little larger, fifty tons, I believe. Um, but uh, forty. Oh, so, sorry, you're talking about the Omni. Yeah, you're right, fifty. Yeah. So it's definitely a versatile, and I think the the biggest thing when I used it was I think we set a C bill limit and whatnot, and um, it just so happened they're not very expensive, sort of a cheap throwaway. And I'll tell you what, though. It is definitely in need of a, another TRO revisit as far as the... That thing is just fugly. Like, it's... It's it's in, it's an interesting... I think my favorite uh, picture, actually, here, and I'll show it to the, to the live audience here. 
I really like the way the uh, Omnimech version looks, but yeah, I, I agree with the original TRO artwork for the original um, Blackjack. Needs some magic. So there you have it, the Blackjack. It's actually a really good mech, like I said. Um, it's got its limitations, its strength. It's, well, it's it can do the ranged combat with the AC2s. Um, but not very, strength. yeah, but no. it's not very strong with long range. It's really considered a close range. Uh, I would, no, I would say more medium because with the medium lasers, because once it gets close, if that other, if your opponent's faster, you're, you're done. Because, I mean, 64 kph, I think that equates to, what, like four or five movement no with, with ac2s it's a kiter mech that's how i always flew it back in the solaris days you just had to stay around to keep plinking away plinking away the main problem with it i always felt was that it it loses out a lot to lrm boats at that size because two ac2s is not a whole lot of damage and for the weight you can get a little more damage out of lrms they have almost the same range you know not exactly but almost and in terms of how the, well, the tabletop and stuff, LRMs can do indirect fire, whereas autocannons need a direct line of sight. Yeah, most definitely. But it is set up for, I would say, extended combat. Having four medium lasers, not relying on ammo. The AC2s, depending on how you know, you're know you going through them. Um, but definitely a cool mech. Uh, I would love to see a revised uh, version, of course. Just aesthetically, it's... Uh, suffers but anyways you know it when you look at it and that's the blackjack all right yeah so blackjack omni I'll, I'll point out the reason that it's better for me when it gets upgraded five tons and you know it gets a little more advanced tech trades those ac2s out for a pair of ultra ac5s which do make it a really effective medium range fighter agreed that's the primary that's a heavy punch and it's it's like a light rifleman at that point Plus, it just looks so much better. Way sexier. It is, it is oh, a yeah. small rifleman, pretty much. All right, guys. MechWare Online. Today, we've got the surprise. And if you haven't seen it, another work of art from FD. The Raven. Um, what are your first thoughts? Mason, you want to go first? I um, While I'm not a fan of the mech, I do think it was added for a specific reason. I mean, this brings a whole different playing field to the, uh, the MWO game, and that's pretty much electronic warfare on steroids. This thing has everything. The RVN3L is, uh, is a little, you know, badass computer running around on legs with weapons. What about you, Darren? Well, he did Honesty. it again. No, I mean, I love this. This is such, I, you know, with each of his releases, um, I enjoy some more than others. I, I like them all. Um, but this is one of those that I just couldn't believe it could be made to look this much better. And it does. Um, I, I, it, it just kicks ass. It's beautiful. It's sexy. All right, Craig. I love the Raven. It's one of my favorite mechs. Um, a big electronic warfare fan and that's what it is it is a walking electronic warfare platform and it was a pretty decent combat mech to boot i i don't like the redesign i'm sorry it's it's not hitting me right it's all right i think of all the fd redos this is probably the weakest and what's bothering me about it is first and foremost the um the beak it's the beak it see now i was that's what made me like that was one of the things that made me think it was even better. Like it, it didn't have that hook nose, and to me, it just looks more badass. Now, I really love what MWLL did with the Raven, and have had a blast in that mech. Um, but I just think this just looks even more badass. What about yeah, you? I, I strongly prefer the hook. I mean, I like that they elongated a little bit. It looks less squat, which is good. But uh, you know, I like the hook nose a little better. It doesn't come out to a point, really. And the silhouette is right, but the detail looks off to me. Also, the legs seem flat for some reason. There's not, there's no depth to them. I think they might be a little too thick for the light mech. What about you, Brandon? Uh, for the redesign, absolutely love it. Uh, for Well, first of all, the Raven is supposed to be a light, uh, quick, reconnaissance, stealth... ECM boat and I mean it looks realistic it looks a lot thinner compared it doesn't look as thick and I absolutely love the nose it's going for kind of like a F117 Nighthawk type of look to it where it was specifically angled and everything like that for uh, not being picked up by sensors I love it 
Doesn't it look like it's warming its ass on the campfire or something, though? <laughs> it just dropped a deuce. Yeah. It does look like it just dropped a deuce. No, but it, I mean... Oh, it is a bird, after all. <laughs> I think it retains the tribute to a, a bird-like look, but I think um, taking away the hooked nose and making it a little bit more streamlined and... Uh, yeah, I think they did a great job. Uh, Greg, you have the right to be wrong. It's totally cool, man. Yeah, well, it I, definitely I like looks the, more it militaristic. It definitely looks more like a raven with, with the pointed nose, but it's, I don't know, it's maybe not pointy enough, or I don't like the way it's bifurcated. I don't well, know. There's something off. The one thing that he has strayed from, which I like, is he went away, I guess, from all the roundness that you saw in a lot of the, the Tiro, some of the, mm-hmm. especially the raven, and angular. Um I mean, one, military vehicles are made angular. It's to deflect rounds. Um, and then overall, I look at it, I see the raven, the silhouette. It, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was a raven. I didn't have to even know that it was the raven. And I think his style, yet again, especially, I wouldn't say his style, this game style, that's the difference. And I, uh, maybe we confuse that sometimes. It's not FD style per se, but it's the overall look of what this game is. Is going to look like and it fits all the other mechs and i enjoy that and i think it's uh i think it'll be pretty cool seeing it to run around it's got a very low squat profile if you think about it and uh e- even lower than the the jenner so we had a nice uh little period of time where we were running the raven a lot in mwll and we had Still a lot of fun with that what are you talking about yeah oh i mean we haven't played together for a bit but yeah yeah, guys, if you're in the live audience, check out the uh, repaint link that's been linked in the chat down there. The Dragona's Combine one looks outstanding. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that, what we're seeing um, people oh, do, yeah. it's just, that's slick. I mean, that's badass. The same guy did the, the catapult one, too. i got to find that. I'll, I'll contact him. Oh, by the way, totally forgot about this. Why'd you let me forget? Um, dirt. Those, yeah, dirt. Um we're hosting Ironhawk. Uh, that's the the guy who's been doing a lot of the, the repaints, and we'll be getting Hayden hopefully as well. Um, I've talked to him. Check out the gallery. He specifically specifically has his own gallery, all like 40-plus repaints he's done. And for others out there who are doing the repaints, and hey, give me a contact. We'll get you a specific gallery up, and uh, you, you, yeah, go to work. I think actually we have Hearts Blade here. Um, make sure you get in contact with me, man, and we'll get you a gallery up as well for all this. Let's get the community to roll and see all the artwork you guys are doing. So, woo woo. Also, with the Raven, uh, the picture that's put up there, one of the things I enjoyed was all the people complaining about the paint scheme. What were the complaints? Um, that there's it like was a French flag on it. I mean, it's not compelling. Not. Anyways, well, right, that one was a little weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, FD himself even went on the forums and say, look really close at that Davian logo, and also you should probably remember some of the uh, history about the Raven. All right, guys. Well, hey, we got to move on to interesting forum posts by the staff. All right. The first one we've got is of David Bradley, and he's actually, he's mainly talking about the Mech Lab. <laughs> Here's the whole gist of it. He basically says, just because a stock hunchback 4G um, only has a single medium laser in each arm. That doesn't mean that it only has one energy hard point in each arm. It could have two energy hard points in each arm, allowing the player to put in extra weapons. He says the default loadout just isn't using all the hard points because it's already at its weight limit. The number of hard points are related to the default loadout, but they aren't a one-for-one copy. So there you have it. I know some people were a little concerned about that. It only makes sense. We're going to see them do a few things like that. So don't be surprised. Don't be like, oh, my God, you know. It's going to give some flexibility of, of mech customization, and I think that's what they're trying to do. There's just some there's there's rules and some stipulations, which, trust me, or I'd say is, is good because I don't want a mech 3 again. I, I just don't. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and trust you, Phil. Will you hold me? I thought I already was. Oh, my. Oh, wow. All right. Our second one is Garth, and it's basically about uh, Paul talking about the mech lab. Um, this one's actually pretty in-depth. Uh, Brandon, what did you get out of this one? Um, well, out of this one here, really it was just clarifying a lot of misconceptions with the mech lab. It just cleared a lot of it up. 
And this was actually in the general discussion, and it's Mech Lab Talk Feet by Paul. So it's pretty in length, but like Brandon says, it just clears some some stuff up that you may, I don't know, got the wrong opinion about. It, it was basically to clear up the misconception that the Mech Lab was going to break the game. That was a couple posts about that when we first learned about the Mech Lab. It's basically to address that. All right, one of the next ones we have is Paul. Now, Paul goes into basically, this is actually a funny one, uh, but it's someone started a thread, Hardpoint Clarifications, and the gist of it, Paul goes through and basically uh, points you to the to the answer, and he says they have put restrictions on the number of weapons you can put back into that empty space as far as when you remove and uh, mechs and weapons and whatnot. He says that number will vary with the chassis variants. And again, did you guys have any confusion when they came out with the Mac Lab and the Hardpoint system? When when you read anything, did you were you like, uh, I don't understand? Where, did any of you guys nope. do that? No. I have not really myself, no. Alright, so if you guys didn't, and I mean, if Darren understood it, without anybody having to (laughs) read it for him. Oh, Oh, you. I'm just saying, I don't know where or how you'd confuse. I mean, we've already said it's pretty pretty similar to MechWarrior 4. Yeah. And actually, the, right. the idea I got in my head when they were talking about it was more along the line of, if any of you have ever used it, the uh, Solaris Skunk Works. So there I you just, go. I don't know. Anyways, and the last post we have is actually from Paul, and he actually did some music for a few units, and one of those was, um, God, what was it? Did, did you just say unit? No, he did two. He did one for Clan Smoke Jaguar, Reborn, and the SOR guys. So, also, uh, Grey Death Legion did one as well. Oh, did he post that one up? Yes, that's in the uh, second page. Okay, well, there's two pages now. So, he's it's actually pretty cool. Give it a listen. And apparently, did you ask him about aces, Brennan? I did not, but he said that when we get one, it'll be the Benny Hill theme. I was going to go with circus music myself, that whole... That works. Note taken. And you've got a little note here. What is this about, Brennan? Uh, well, actually, Phil, if you want to go to any post you've made and look at the bottom of your signature, along with myself, it says that we are on the CS watch list. <laughs> oh, Comstar's watching. Scary. Yeah. You guys should hang out with Prosperity. I mean, you guys can all get some tinfoil hats and make a day of it. Roast marshmallows on our band accounts. And... I don't know if I approve of this. Oh, they did do that. Sneaky, didn't they? <laughs> oh my god, I feel violated. Anyways, whatever. If you want to watch me take a dump, you can watch me take a dump. Whoa. Just just if I'm out of toilet paper, you better give a man a hand. Yikes. Alright, so we're being watched, so everything we say. Anyways, community questions, so let's roll on. So we got and I love pronouncing this guy's name, because he actually sent me a message and he said, and for Phil, it's Squizgar. Squiggy all Borg, I don't know, whatever it is. You're Squig Elf. Squig Elf. Oh my goodness. Squig Squig Elf to me. Alright. Anyways, his question is, what is your favorite era in Battletech? Star League, Succession Wars, Clan Invasion, Fedcom, Civil War, Jihad. What's yours? Uh, Mason, do you have any specific? I would say Fourth Succession War. Alright. What about you, uh, Darren? Mm, It's probably a tie with Succession Wars and Clan Invasion. What about you, Brandon? I'm going to be different and say Fedcom Civil War. What? Yeah. I'm a what terrible person, and I deserve to die. You do. What about you, what about you Greg? Clan Invasion. All right, and I would say mine is the Clan Invasion. I know. Durr. Be. Yeah, because that's, that's yeah, that's when I sort of got into it. When I, My first uh, novel was in the middle of the Kerensky trilogy, so, you know, it is what it is. Phelan Kel for the win. All right. Phalangical. Phalangical. All right, we've got Belric, and he's basically asking us to the effect of what jump jet mechanics would we expect or what, which ones would we prefer. And for those who... <laughs> MechWarrior 2 had some interesting ones, didn't they? It was like you could fly forever, pretty much. It was like rocket skid. Like <laughs> Then you had... Like uh, tribes. Yeah, it was... So are you guys wanting something like, I don't know, Gundam-style, Armored Core? I mean... Well, and there's also uh, Hawken, 
that kind of style? That's more isn't that Gundam style? I don't know. I mean, I've pictured like Gundam style more like tribes. Got to go fast. Well, in my opinion, we've got twenty tons through a hundred tons. I think depending on what asset is when it lands, how much it lands, or how high it's just jumped, it should have. I I don't think a mech that's coming down should land and be like Roadrunner and take off. You know, that's, I don't know. I want it to be realistic. That's that's the look I want it to have, and that's not Gundam style. That's not Tribes Ascend. That's not Hawken. As far as the size of the mechs, Hawken is much smaller mech. Well, well, we we have a problem there though, because all of you, all of your BattleTech tabletop fans out there, and again, I, the only reason I bring this up is because they'll say it. The tabletop, well, it gives you an advantage having jump jets. We know that having a pause where you actually like absorb the weight, MWL. <laughs> I think there's actually a few videos where I clearly, uh, our group, we're waiting and I say, hold your fire, hold your fire. And now, and it was just like totally wasted. So, well, if, if we're talking from any previous game or even fan games, even I'd say if jump jet mechanics, I want it to be like uh, Living Legends. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the difference between the tabletops and the... Uh... And, and, a, and a video game version. I mean, there's just certain things that don't translate. And Squiscar did point out that a turn in uh, the tabletop is 30 seconds, so that's, you know, things happening over time or whatever. But still, I think that the way MWLL does it is a lot closer than anything I've played yeah. before, and as I, far as I what agree. I prefer. What, what do you guys feel about, should just like the tabletop or as far as the RPG element, should you have the ability to land and not land properly and fall on your just face? A, just a second before uh, I'm put out to pasture here. Uh, a round is 10 seconds. Oh, were you corrected? Oh, yeah. Got very corrected. It's dementia, man. I'm so sorry. It's... Oh, like you corrected me, mister? Uh, I was just going to let you roll, man. Yeah. Anyways, so do you guys feel like you should have any randomness to fall on your face or maybe specific types of terrain i mean like how do you guys feel about that go ahead i I think yes i think you should have to use your jump jets to lighten landings if you're going from a high end or a high arc you know what they could do it could be like a little mini game almost to when you do (laughs) jump no i'm dead serious i know and i can already picture it in my head well yeah like keeping your like i don't know like a circle and a or something like that you know like where Mm -hmm. you have to keep it there and if you don't so it's really skill-based as far as landing yeah, goes. Yeah, you know, and I think that would add another layer of complexity so you don't just have people bounding around like freaking sprites, you know. Again, for me, it's just about realism. So the more realistic they can make it, the better to me. Because that's really what um, I look for in Battletech when I'm playing in a video game is realism, immersion. I want to feel like I'm doing it. And if it's something that doesn't feel right, then it's going to take me out of that. All right. We've got our next question by Cayman, and he asks... Well, actually, he doesn't ask a question per se. He pointed out something. Um, in our, our podcast 23, It basically, Darren said, you're listening to the Outreach Broadcasting Network live from the Outreach Studios around the world. In 24, it said, you're listening to the Game Casting Broadcast Network live from the Outreach Studios. What the, the fuck? So, he asked, why did it change? And the answer is... Aaron, uh, because I have recently started uh, the Game Casting Broadcast Network, which is GBN, and it's going to include uh, different podcasts for different games, similar to what we're doing here with other games like World of Tanks, EVE Online, etc., um, and even some like free-to-play genre-type-based podcasts. So that's what's happening. Uh, stay tuned for more info. So, by the way, Greg, make sure you give it to Darren about that. Yeah, we're uh, we're we already have. About, uh, oh shit! See, all this is God, I've been at work, and you guys are. Dude, God, this we're already sucks. shaking hands, man. Making money sucks, man. Jeez. <laughs> so, all right. So there you I'm have. I'm making money, answer. man. It's what I do. That's how I roll, yo. He's a capitalist up in here. I do work. All right, guys. Here's the big thing today: Mech Warrior Tactics. For those who did not know, we actually, I think we can say it. We actually, or. or Darren, actually, because I let him, I guess, technically, sat on in a Q&A let. with the devs. I did. Is that what you I, call that? Well, I I remember specifically saying, here, you do this one, and then getting blah, blah, blah back. Well, I was pretty tired, too. So. <laughs> Making but, uh, money. 
Yeah, you know, making money. But pretty much we sat, or Darren sat down with the devs and was able to ask questions. Do you want to just give it a breakdown? Because I don't want to break it down. You want to do it? Yeah, here's the deal. It was basically a media roundtable with uh, a couple of the devs and some of the people that represent the game company. Uh, And uh, it was a conference call. Um, So a bunch of media was there, and we just basically went around in circles asking questions. And I got some input from some of our listeners on our Facebook page, so thank you very much. That actually... One of you had your uh, answer or your question answered. So, so yes, it was interesting because as soon as you posted that, someone actually went over to the tactics forums and posted and was like, "Hey, NGNG just posted this. Do you think it's because they're actually getting an interview and blah blah blah?" <laughs> and of course, I've made a little post. I was like, "I cannot confirm nor deny or give you any answers. Sorry." So well, trollish. And a few, a few of the. Uh... You know, some of the other media that was in the interview, I've already seen their articles come out and so forth. So we had to delay a little bit because we could have come out with this info on Monday. But uh, we saved it for the podcast. But you can see some awesome pictures on our uh, website. Um, Still making me want to play that game. I can't wait. All right. So we're just going to go through it here and touch on a few things. So, yeah. So here's here's some info. I'll just go through it fairly quickly. If you want to discuss any of it, uh, stop me. Uh, The game takes place in the year 3025. Uh, there will be leaderboards, though probably, you know, more basic at launch. Um, the random battles have an internal matchmaking system based on individual performance, i.e. the leaderboard, so that you'll play others around your skill level and you won't be outclassed or whatever. So you won't be raffle stomped and ha-ha-ha noob, you know, beat down and all that. Yep. So probably I won't be playing you for a while until uh, you skill up. Ooh. It is what it is, old man. <laughs> Uh, the number of matches you can play at one time is only limited to the number of mechs you own, and uh, mechs can only be used in one match at a time. So and, that would make kind of use of getting duplicates of mechs. Yep. And the good news is that there's no limit to the number of mechs you can own. Uh, you will not have to buy slots like you do in World of Tanks or whatever. It's just however mechs you have, you have. Heck yeah, I like that one. Um, there will be an easy mode with stock mechs, etc., or more customization if you want a more in-depth play style. Okay. Combat value is what they're calling battle value. So that's just their own term for it, combat value. And it's just a, a way to measure a mech plus the pilot skill. Right. Okay. To equally match you and so forth. Uh, at the end of the battle, everyone collects scrap, and then you sell that for in-game currency. So there isn't really like salvage rules or anything like that, but still interesting, scrap. Sounds like Team Fortress 2. Players level up, and uh, their units do not, so it's just the player that's leveling. And uh, they have no plans f- at this time for in-game guilds. Uh, any Anybody that wants to uh, do that, it's up to the player and the community to do that on their own. And this, this is actually a little bit disappointing. Um, I hope they do change this. And I know right now it's only Lance on Lance, but that was one of the cool things. You know, I guess they're not trying to recreate Battletech or Megamech, but... Well, that was Maybe in future. That was something they specifically said is that they, first of all, they had a lot of respect for Mega Mech, and uh, they said they're not trying to replace it. That Mega Mech is, you know, a computerized version basically of the tabletop, and they are not. Um, well, they are something tabletop different. Tabletop has more than four on four. I mean, and that's, I guess, my point is maybe have multiple, you know, be still, able to team up. Still, there's going to be expansions after. Just say They'll probably add company-level combat after they have the land stuff down and make their money off that. They they didn't really hint towards being more than um, lands versus lands. At least if it is, it's not anywhere in the near term. Uh, but what they did hint at is more game modes. So not just 4 and 4 deathmatch. Gotcha. One of the questions that one of our listeners asked was... Because basically the the rumor before or the information before was that the customization of the mechs were just totally, completely open-ended. And so somebody asked, well, why would I choose one 75-ton chassis over another 75-ton chassis? The reason is there will be certain restrictions on each mech chassis. Uh, for example, limited to certain weapon types, armor restrictions, equipment restrictions, etc. Making each chassis unique. And uh, so this will give you a reason to choose one over another. So pretty much like just like MWO. I think it'll probably be a little bit more um, uh, customizable, but yeah, I would say you know those similar types of restrictions. It sounds like. 
It'll, Actually, it'll probably I got, have I got like the a message that it was a little less customizable the way they're talking about restrictions, <laughs> and but also probably simpler to do. Yeah, just with that being said, the way I picture it is that say you have your mech up in the uh, mech flap or whatever they're going to call it, there'll be like say it would be like zero out of five energy used or like two out of zero or whatever. It'll just give you a number and then you just put what weapons you want in there until it fills up. Well, I'd like to see a little bit more. I mean, why not? Why not have a little bit more design and complexity to have it and you actually get to place where you want the weapons because when that set arm goes off, just like the tabletop, and I mean, I think that's what we're going to see because, and again, that's just based on like Mech 4, MWO, and I, I like that. I think it's better than having totally open-ended customization. Yeah, I agree. I do like uh, each chassis to be unique in some way and have a reason for it to be used or a certain circumstance where it's, you know, warranted. Um, so moving on, you can buy cards, you know, digital cards essentially, uh, like booster packs with in-game currency or real money. There are uh, from very common cards to very rare cards. Cards can contain unique mechs, uh, unique chassis, uh, weapons by different manufacturers, um, etc. And you can create sets, essentially, that work well together and create specialization. This was a huge one for me, because one of the reasons I was turned off about MechWarrior Tactics and not paying too much attention was this booster pack idea, and thinking that it was just going to be real money. But that you can earn booster packs with in-game currency... This sort of brought me back in. That and gameplay footage now, I'm actually sort of excited for this release. Yeah, they, they essentially said um, that their role model for a free-to-play system was League of Legends, and I think you're familiar with that, is that right? Or oh you yeah, not? I'm familiar with and a big fan of. Yeah, so um, basically they said spending money, whether it's in-game or real currency, uh, equals more variety rather than more power. All right, just to clear up someone um, as well as we've got some discussion uh, as far as MechWare Tactics and what they're confusing MechWare Tactical Command. All right, now there's two different games in development right now. There's MechWare Tactical Command that is being developed by Persona Studios, and we've had those guys on the show. Uh, Still waiting for some more stuff from them. Um, But that's going to be for iOS, Whereas MechWare Tactics is a browser-based game, but that being said, it's going to be running on the Unity engine. Now, they've specifically said that if you can, for instance, if you have a phone or a device that can browse the internet using one of these, that you should be able to play their game, correct? Um, I haven't really heard a conversation about mobile devices, so I just know it's cross-platform. But as far as mobile, I don't know if the power is there, if it exists in current... I mean, I'm sure iPads, but I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, they have said yes. Uh, on the, on their okay. forums, uh, it was, if I can find it here, M Regional GP, uh, who's Infinite Game Publishing, said that if you have internet access on a mobile device and it can run the Unity engine, then you should be able to play. There you have cool. it. So that's really cool for everyone who has a droid. Or okay. I'm going to love this. Dude, I'm going to be at work playing you, Darren. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I plan on being on the back of the fire truck booting that bad boy up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Um, just a few more things. So uh, everybody will start off with a starter pack, and they will all be identical. So nobody will be starting off with any advantages or disadvantages. Card trading is not planned at launch, but... Is, and that's where they left it. Basically implying that uh, it, it will happen eventually. Which I should see I that as a good thing. I, I enjoyed the, the cards. I don't know if... Actually, there's a lot of people who didn't. I actually still have the Battletech card. Like, it was something I got into. My friends really didn't. But I enjoyed it. And it would have been... It would be cool if there was a... Obviously, and they're moving that direction. A, a card being able to trade. So I think if it creates more community, more people playing it, then heck yeah. And, you know, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it myself. I want to play the game. Uh, but I'm sure once we have hundreds and hundreds of cards or whatever and and people have cards we want and vice versa then you know that'll be there and like i said before there will be additional additional game modes um added post-release there's a possibility of having additional assets added to the game like infantry or tanks but they didn't want to commit basically and finally 
there will be new content often. They're planning on lots of releases. And that's oh, it. God. So there you have it. It was really cool. Um, obviously, future, we will do something similar. Um, and uh, we will be making sure to stay in our contact with uh, IGP and uh, Tactics crew, which, again, for those uh, developers, thank you again. Great opportunity. We appreciate you guys uh, contacting us and look forward yeah. to doing, and actually, doing I future wanted, stuff. For sure. And I wanted to also say uh, those people were awesome. The devs were really cool. I can't remember their names. I should have it written down here so that I can get it right. But uh, the people from IGP and the, the devs that took the time to answer all our questions. Heather Sorensen, we do appreciate you. Yep, thank you, Heather. So there you had it, the tactics breakdown for everyone who is sort of waiting. And I think it's going to turn out to, oh, well, I, I'm going to be playing it. Uh, I, oh, by the way, yeah, uh, great news for those who don't know. I got an iPhone 4S today, so I'm good to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so You're just funny. That out there. Was it specifically for any of this? No, but it just so happened. Right. That, you know, mm, right. Of course. I need a new phone anyway, so... Alright, guys, moving on to MechWarrior Living Legends. Now, there's actually oh, quite a... What? You missed something. You missed something. Oh, yeah, sorry, I scrolled down. Okay. <laughs> Developers were actually, for MechWarrior Tactics, were wondering what game modes or mission types and objectives would you love to see in MechWarrior Tactics? So what I need you guys to do is, when you guys listen to this, go to the thread, we'll actually we'll post up a... a something for you so you can actually post for this and or visit their website go to the forums um you know brandon if you'd like to go ahead start a thread and something like that we'll, we'll get something going so just uh keep an eye out we've got mechware living legends now a lot's actually happening behind the scenes uh today 5.6 was released there's actually a lot of stuff that was changed in uh 5.6 along with the opponent um, a lot of stuff like uh, visual effects for laser hits, glowing decals on vehicles and mechs torsos. Hovercraft, they actually deploy the uh, lift fan so you can turn on and off. So, you know, you drop up or drop down and go up. Um, so the plenum, which is pretty cool. The aerospace light model was modified to reduce sort of the floatiness and, uh, and induce stall behavior. Um, now, 5.7 is probably going to change, but here are the notes I got from Lear directly, and he says they're beginning to test some of the terrain control game mode revisions have been doing. So capture um, initial capture of cat points and TC twice as slow um, and some other. As far as the units that you'll see, they, they're going to call 5.7 the Black Lantern and Friends. Now, you guys already know the Stormcrow and the list of mechs. All I got to say is be ready for 5.7 because I think there's going to be a few changes that happen with it. And uh, I'm actually, I, I'm going to go play with the, the Stormcrow um, possibly tomorrow. So I actually get to finally pilot my creation. So Ooh. yeah, it'll be really cool. Um, so that was that as far as uh, Living Legends. They're working, uh, literally, these, <laughs> these guys are working their asses off. Uh, did, did you uh, already mention the novel? Oh, no, I totally Oh, I think that? it's way cool. Did you did you actually get to, like, hold on, let me see it. I just started reading it. I haven't, uh, but I just thought and it's this, a cool idea, too. Yeah, and this was actually, I think we talked about it and it had a little blurb about someone working. Remember the Comstar message? It was all sort of, like, scrambled and, right. you know, oh, well, what does that mean? Well, that's, there's a reason. It's right there, so. Yep. Um, obviously, I think it's. I opened it and it was like 60, 50 some odd pages, and it's going to continually be updated. And it's called Somewhere Far Beyond. Um, here's an actual link, and it's a MechWare Living Legends, the novel, and it's by Francisco, I want to say Duarte. Is that pronounced right? Sure. Stalker. I probably screwed up. <laughs> that, that's Stalker, yeah. Sure. Did I get it right? Did I get it right, Stalker? Oh, sweet. See, I finally pronounced one damn name right. So, <laughs> um, But it's really cool. Uh, check it out. It's on their front page, somewhere far beyond. Uh, I'm definitely going to give it a read. I'll download it. Oh, I Same. Can use my I can use my nook. Just look it up on the internet. Read it. Hell yeah. I'll nook it up. Technology, man. I got a nook. I've got an iPhone now. Living large. God. This thing has like this voice recognition. Thing. I don't know. I'm a nerd. But anyways... Um, 
so that's directly from Lear. Um, check out the, the novel as well. He's put a lot of time and effort, and he's actually, remember, he asked me a few questions a while back. So we're moving on to MechWare Tactical Command, yet no updates. Um, I think, you know what, Darren, I'm going to send Edmund a message, uh, an email, and be like, hey, man, what's going on? See if we can get any info for you guys, because I'm interested, but we just haven't heard anything, unfortunately. So maybe we can start stirring the, the pot there a little bit. Sounds like a plan. And, of course, we've got SAT, Solaris Assault Tech, with the Mech Tech crew. And we do have, um, com- well, I would say, not confirmation per se, but we will well, be pretty much. with these guys in White, White Feather will be on the show soon. Yeah, in, in May. Within sometime, weeks. So um, that is confirmed to that point, And we actually may possibly have Vince and the others as well. Really cool guys. Actually, yeah. Um, here's an update with uh, Randall. He uh, his basically his computer crashed or something. He had a huge email issue, lost all of his contacts. Um, so that's why he hadn't gotten back to me yet. I hate that so much. The worst part of yeah, it's happened to me. Contest. Totally. And so anyway, course, are we gonna? Are we? Do we have a contest tonight? We do not have a uh, live studio contest tonight. Um, we will have one on the next show. But we did finally release the information regarding the uh, No Guts No Galaxy art and fiction contest too so you can go to our website nogutsnogalaxy.net and look for the post there regarding the contest it has all the rules and what you need to do to get a submission in. and um, yeah it's going to be cool I can't wait to see what what we get yeah we'll, we'll definitely open the section up the context uh, contest section back up uh, we removed it while we were working on this in the background so be ready to start getting that in guys um and i'm looking forward to it hopefully we'll have more than one art submission this time which if we get any of the guys who are doing art down in the, the mwo forums it should be no problem so just stay tuned for that um obviously there's work being done by shimmering sword in the background it's going to be uh, a few more weeks before we get the final of warhammer but expect t-shirts shortly after and uh, we'll definitely have to take some pictures um, rocking them around that being said one quick note i want to make to those who live in north carolina uh, if you're near the raleigh area i will be doing something within the next uh, probably few months uh, either meeting at some bar and having some beers or you know some maybe if there's a tabletop place around meeting there and having a few uh, few matches so um We'll make sure to get all that. And uh, I know there's actually a few MWL staff that live in Raleigh. So just keep, also, keep that in mind. Also, I saw somebody asking in the uh, live studio audience, the winner for last week's uh, live studio audience trivia question was uh, Phil F. Themis. So congratulations. I don't know. He's another Phil. Oh, hold on. We got one of the, the members, uh, Rodian Ward. Um, he's in Clan Wolf, by the way. He says something to the fact that I should go to some of the, the cons coming up. If you get, I can try to. Um, you just have to send me the dates. With my work schedule right now, man, I'm working like a slave, literally. I'll go to cons. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got other hosts. Get them. They'll, they'll have the shirts too, and you guys. Oh, oh, I'm, what? I'm not good enough for you, huh? Are you saying he's better <laughs> than I am? <laughs> All right, guys, and facebook uh give us a like we're still trying to hit that magical 500 number we're really close i think we were like 460 getting closer every day and so right now we have 85 people in the live audience well not right now we're down 78 now but we're well, hitting down to 78 of 85 tonight you which take is a that new record. Back. i will mute you <laughs> i will do it you already banned me once damn right that's cool man great turnout so 85 Girls, relax you're both pretty so 85 <laughs> thanks michael i don't know how i feel about that peanut gallery hey you got some purred lips there boy all right so enter the redneck tree yeah we got we got 85 people here if you have not done so right now please go to our facebook give us a like and again we'd like to thank everyone the community obviously for what you guys are doing uh, to allow us to do with the the t-shirts coming out and the custom artwork from uh, shimmering sword so very very cool we appreciate it and of course this has been your local no guts no galaxy mechware podcast we hope you enjoyed tonight's show this is philip this is darren this is brandon also known as catrick hell and this is greg until next time mech warriors yeah. Yeah.
just begin the funeral Let me just begin That's my promise, that's my That story comes. 